oh boy, I just hate to think about Jimmy Buffett being trapped on on Earth during like post rapture. Like what I just if, hate that. I wish that he had been taken. He shouldn't have had so many boat drinks. Yeah, he espoused a lot of sloth. It's in the book. Like no boat drinks allowed. Number nine, no boat drinks. Uh-huh. <laughs> Noah brought two of every animal, but he brought zero of every cocktail. <laughs> the only boat. Dr- <laughs> the only boat drink allowed here is goat's milk, and also whatever whales need. Hi, Nick. Hi, Caleb. What kind of music do you like? I love all kind of music. I love rock. Mm-hmm. I love moss. Tree. <laughs> I love tree. <laughs> we just made the same joke. <laughs> yeah, I love all of them. <laughs> What kind of music do you like? I mostly like the Beatles. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mainly like the Beatles, and I like. I'm super glad lately they've been. <laughs> now that they are in the public domain, which yeah. I didn't know if you knew. Oh, I didn't know that. Now that they've all been dead for seventy years. Mm-hmm. They're in the public domain, and so that name is actually getting repurposed. The Beatles are now actually a parody band that's taking a lot of popular music and putting, like, insect words to it. Yeah, they that just particular have, yeah. insectoid flair. This wouldn't have, they wouldn't have gotten away with naming their band the Beatles um, if it weren't for this. Like, right, they had it, to change. It is B-E-E. Like, it is, but they right, still... But still no they were called, like, the Exoskeleton Buddies or something yeah, before, yeah, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now I mostly listen to the Beatles. Yeah. Uh, and, like, I-, I love some of their songs. I'm sure that you've heard a few of them. Yeah. As I said, I love all musics related to woodland creatures, flora, and fauna. <laughs> <laughs> the So, like, uh, yeah, there's some surprising synergy there. So... <laughs> I really like their songs such as... Um, I like Love Me Do, but it's spelled D-E-W. <laughs> Boy, I love me some do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I love Eight Days in a Creek. <laughs> Eight Days a Creek. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. We, we still haven't done any... We've done a lot of water words. Mm-hmm, That's true. Not any bug ones. I only prepared one, and it's the final joke, so oh, okay. I've been trying really Let me do another one. Um, Kiss of the Spider Spider. What? You know, like Spider-Woman. Like Kiss of the Spider-Woman, but it's Kiss of the spider Sure. Spider. Okay, mm-hmm. right. I like uh, Hooked On and Reeling, mm-hmm. which is about the about plight fish? of a fish. Yeah. <laughs> such a bad job. <laughs> Coming up with the book. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, Kesha's new song, Praying Mantis. Love it. Mm-hmm. Very good. That, they, they did they, a really, really good Yeah, their I, take on that is mm-hmm. really good. I hope you're somewhere looking really terrifying. <laughs> it's The lyrics are great. <laughs> I think about that when I see a praying mantis, and then I don't see it anymore. I think, I hope you're somewhere. <laughs> praying mantis. But, like, somewhere else. I hope you're somewhere else. <laughs> um, given that I made helped make an entire video game about insects and have made, like, every bug-related joke that I could ever think of during that time, mm-hmm. I think my well is a little dry. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, there's this great song about how eventually ants are just going to take over the whole world. Yeah. Uh, it's like kind of a parody song about how they're so strong. You know how... Okay, so you know how ants yeah. can lift like 50 times their yeah, weight? All the, yeah, ants are moms. Well, it's like about a human person who decided to challenge an ant to an arm wrestling competition. Oh, cool. And as he explains... <laughs> yes. He fought the ant and the Antoine. I think we definitely are living in uh, a post-rapture world. I think that we are because that because I I was allowed to create that joke. <laughs> I was allowed to instill that evil. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Welcome to your two show. It's your two show. A this very good podcast. It's a very good podcast. It's one of the best, I would say. Uh, one of the very best. One of the top two podcasts I make. Absolutely on the list. <laughs> Hard to rank them. Hard to rank them right now, but <laughs> the list is there, <laughs> there is and a- it's a tight 
competition. It's tech competition. They're flipping back and forth. This particular podcast, Your Two Show, is a podcast where we explore our, you know, culture, the world, moment to moment, politics, living, home Everything. decoration. Yes. All through the lens of Sonic the Hedgehog and its many media properties. We look right through his big eye. We look right through it, we look- and we see everything through it. Mm-hmm. We see, we see Doctor Robotnik's goggles. We see the. Um, I'm just like obsessed with how Doctor Robotnik looks lately. Oh yeah, like kind of everything about him is uh, fascinating to me. He put on goggles today, and it was amazing. I love. He lo- he could you could have lifted him with those goggles on and stuck him into like Atlantis, the Lost Empire. Yeah, and he would have fit in great. Yep. Today we watched actually what might be my favorite episode of this show so far. I liked it a lot. It was a really really well structured episode of the show, and it like I don't know if it had a different director or something. Yeah. But it felt directed in a way that the others have not. That's true. And uh, if you weren't already, now you'll be hooked on Sonics. Hit me with the recap. That's the name of the episode, is Hooked on Sonics. Yeah. In this particular episode, it starts with a giant crab monster at the edge of the Great Forest trying to take down the Great Forest. Sonic repeatedly informs us that this monster has bird legs, and he yeah. calls it bird legs, mm. and then later on, other characters refer to it as that bird-legged monster. Yeah. But it's so, so clearly, intentionally a crab. Couldn't be more of a crab. <laughs> Could not be more of a crab. It has like wiggly, like, you know, weird jointed legs. There's like six of them. It's got these two big saw blades that are obviously the claws. They're claw shaped chainsaws somehow. Like the chainsaw blades are oblong to shape like a claw. And they, it's got eye stalks and it has a big, wide, ovular carapace. Yeah. And I, the only, there's no explanation for why they call it bird legs no. we probably spent half the episode going why do they keep saying bird leg it like i guess they just mean it has thin legs but but they don't end in feet like a bird's legs would they end in points like a crab's legs would my only assumption is that there are no crabs in the world of sonic the hedgehog but that's not true but we don't know aren't there crabs haven't we seen them I, well, we have seen a crab in Sonic X. Yes. I don't know if we've seen... Oh, and we've seen crab robots. There are crab robots, Which yeah. would have to have been modeled off of something. Oh, I'm thinking specifically of the first page of the first Archie Sonic comic, which mm-hmm. we accidentally looked at today also, but we'll try not to discuss. Which does have a crab robot. But it's got a crab robot. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in any case, Sonic doesn't know what a bird or a crab looks like. And somehow, for some reason, like... Crab legs even would have been a better joke there. That's a regular thing that that's people a, say. Yeah, so calling it crab legs like, haha, you're what's for dinner. What like, if that's great? Yeah, exactly. Call it chicken legs. That's another thing that people say. But then but calling it bird legs. Bird leg, for someone so obsessed with the catchphrase and so fixated on, like, getting the, I don't know, he just wants to say something snappy. Mm-hmm. Bird legs is not one. And even Rotor who, for my money, is the most level-headed, reasonable person yeah. that we've ever seen in the Sonic, yeah. in the Sonic world. My favorite character Big and fan. yours, <laughs> Rotor. Every every single one of our fans' favorite character from now on. Yes. Sorry, guys, I've decided. Yep. Even Rotor later calls it a bird-legged monster, which I guess must be based on... No, he was watching, too. He's so seen it. They, Everybody's seen it. They decided that this is the encyclopedic name of this monster, and I'm sorry that we're talking about this for so long, but it did really bug me. So... Sonic destroys the crab monster in the way he destroys all sorts of monsters, which is by making them destroy themselves. Yes. He jumps around it, runs around, makes it wrap its eye stalks up in its own legs, makes it uh, smash into the ground. He pulls a real Lucas Skywalker on it. He does. He does. Yeah. He does. A, <laughs> he knocks that that bird legged ATAT straight to the ground. Yeah. He says your shoelaces are untied, but he has in fact tied his eye laces. All around his legs. Did Luke Skywalker say that? I wish he did. Did he say that when he crashed the AATAT to the ground in that life, that life-threatening situation yeah. in which they lost? Yeah, your shoelaces are untied, <laughs> nerd. Lucas and Sonic have a lot in common. Mm-hmm. Like they had, they both love a catchphrase. They both love to take down a giant robot, and they both love to 
kiss a princess. So after destroying the crab, the entire clan, not whole clan, yeah. decides that they're going to throw a little tiny party. They get around a fire. They've got a big stump they're all standing around that Sonic's posing on because he did such a great job mm-hmm. destroying the crab. Sally comes up and kisses him on the cheek a couple times. And yeah. Sonic makes this big show out of like freezing and babbling and fainting. Right. And then he stands up and he's like, just kidding, Sally. The kiss wasn't that good. Which this was amazing. A lot to deal with. Sonic is savage this episode, and it starts here. <laughs> He's rough on everybody, especially during recreational times. Like, when it gets serious later, he kind of, you know, yeah. eases off. But he's feeling real good about his victory, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's revealed in this episode that he and Sally are on kissing terms. They are very serious, because he says, that wasn't that great of a kiss. And she says, oh, you think you could do better? And he says, yes, I could. And then they kiss on the mouth, and we have to see it yeah. for like 10 straight seconds where it's there. We have to see the lines of their two different sets of lips, like touching and overlapping each other for way too long. Sonic does a lot of kissing. There's, It's multiple consecutive moments of kissing. It cuts and it, there's it, a dip. <laughs> like, he yeah. dip, she dip. They dip, and I dipped out of the episode for a second. Like, I had to go. Tails, it keeps cutting to Tails being like, and cutting to Antoine, like, sobbing in the corner, and then cutting back to Tails being like, Maybe the weirdest thing about the kissing. And then cutting to Rotor, and Rotor's like, No, I love these guys. Oh, boy, I love it when my friends are happy. We love you too, Rotor. (laughs) Um, The weirdest moment of the kiss is when Sonic says, That was a pretty good kiss. Right, buddy? And he turns to Tails. Who's canonically a child. Yeah, Tails is definitely a child. And Tails goes, Bleh, ugh, don't make me see this. I think this is this got to be kind of like either your older brother or your dad. Yeah. When your like, dad kisses your mom. Yeah. And then is like, you like that, kid? And you're like, no, gross. And like, it's wholesome. Right? <laughs> because they're like, your two parents or more are going to kiss each other. And mm-hmm. kids hate that for some reason. Like, why do kids hate to see kissing so much? That's something I've never really understood. That's a great question. Like, there are good reasons to not do a bunch of kissing in front of kids. But, like, why do kids, like, super hate to see, like, their parents kissing? Well, I don't know about kids, but speaking for me, I did yeah. not like seeing this kissing today. Me too. As the children of Sonic the Hedgehog that we are, uh-huh. I hated to see our dad kiss this kiss this, this mom. our beautiful mom. Yeah. The- this particular mom that we have of, of our many moms and dads, mm-hmm. I didn't like to see the kissing. So, Antoine, it is revealed really likes Sally because he, a moment later, is very, very frustrated by this. He says to the camera, what does he have that I don't? Which is, I think, meant to be a little bit comedic because it's so obvious in the way that they've (laughs) structured Antoine. I mean, where do we start, Antoine? (laughs) I'm sorry, buddy, but like, that's not what love is about, but since you brought it up... (laughs) It's like, it's like, okay, first of all, a, a a relationship with Sally. Like, right, that's, that's number number one. An actual <laughs> friendship and connection with his girlfriend, Sally Acorn. An established history of kissing consensually yes. is one thing that you don't have that they have. Like, that's... <laughs> and then number two is just like, Antoine, buddy, you, yeah. have, you haven't done anything. Yeah. You've done nothing. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. We've spent multiple hours of our lives talking about how you haven't done anything. <laughs> there's like, so there's a, there's, there's an aspect of this that I find interesting because I've seen so many shows and movies yeah. try to play off this feeling yes. from the main character, right? The like, what does that dude have that I don't have? This ah. like dumb jock, like, look at me, I'm so right. I'm so strong and tough and whatever. Right, and right. then they try to make you like the like aggressively lame loser main character who's pining over a girl you. but never talking to her. Yeah, yet. and it's supposed to be you. You're the that's who you project into. But in this case, it seems like they're trying to earn that plot with Antoine, like get us on his side a little bit, like, oh, I feel that you feel bad. Uh-huh. But they have not done the work to make him likable at all. <laughs> no, no. So at all. it it only comes out as like, well, Sonic's pretty cool, basically. Yeah. And you're and super unfortunately not. You have almost ruined every plot that this team has put together. (laughs) Including today, a plot that you make. Yeah, and so, again, not that, like, hey, you're all right, Antoine, but start with yourself. Yeah, figure out what your strengths are. I mean, you're you're trying to address the wrong problem is basically what we're looking at here. Yeah, even asking the question, what does he have that I don't have, is it reveals that you're not ready. Exactly. (laughs) So, 
He decides that his plan is going to be to get a power ring from the river and take it to Eggman. Yeah. We learn a lot of stuff in this moment. Mm -hmm. We confirm for sure that power rings are a thing that they can't predict because they take watches on the river to find the power rings when they arrive. They do mention that they appear every 24 hours or so, but apparently not at a regular interval. Yeah, like roughly every 24 hours, they appear from the river. The first thing the power ring does is float up above Uh the river and make itself known. It is the river's halo. Mm -hmm. And then if you don't catch it in that time, it falls back in the river and starts rolling away. Yeah. So Antoine has to grab a stick to pull it out of the river, leaving the stick irradiated and sparkly and glowy. And singing. Mm -hmm. Like the, the stick is glittering and going ah. like, whenever it's on there's this really hilarious shot where Rodor is holding it later when they're when they realize that Antoine is gone and Sonic has brought the stick as evidence that he took the power ring yeah Rodor's holding it in frame and it's like ah, <laughs> while they're talking and then when he lowers it out of frame it's not even that he sets it down or moves it away he just lowers it out of frame and as soon as the camera's not on it the ah, cuts out and they just keep talking <laughs> It's so good. It's really weird. It's it's hysterical. And it also it lends evidence to sort of our radiation theory, but yeah. maybe not exactly radiation. It's, it's some a, kind of like holy magical radiation. Yeah, not exactly a nuclear contamination, but some kind of angelic contamination. Uh-huh. Like some kind of a heavenly sparkle that yes. gets on everything. And it's presented as a halo. And... It shows itself to a person waiting by the river. Like, it is projecting an almost a mild sentience displayed here. Yeah, and... Either, whether it's this particular spot where it always comes out, but it seems to be like, oh, there's somebody. Yeah, and in the last episode that we saw the ring, they saw it before it had the chance to do this. Like, it didn't lift out of the water. It just kept rolling, and they had to grab it. So I wonder almost if it wanted Antoine's plot to happen, too, right? Because Uh, it... It, it presented itself to him in a way that it didn't present itself to Sonic in them. What is a power ring? We also learned that Sonic's the only one that can use them. That's what he says, yeah. Antoine's plan is to take it to Robotnik and use it to trap Robotnik. Right. By luring Robotnik to a certain place and having him fall for a Team Rocket-style trap of yeah. leaves over a hole in the ground. <laughs> exactly. A- an Elmer Fudd crossover, like an Elmer Fudd Team Rocket crossover. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought for a second that Antoine was going to use the ring. Me too. And go super Santoine, and he didn't. And I, was I was so excited about that possibility. <sighs> you know, we can't win them all, but this show seems to seems to set up possibilities that would be cool and just not execute on them mm-hmm. more often than I would like. It seems like mostly it is to make sure they don't undercut that Sonic's the coolest. I guess so. It yeah. seems like that's what those design decisions are around. Any opportunity for somebody else to do something really fascinating, like for uh, Nicole to gain magical powers, mm-hmm. for Antoine to go like mad with superpower, like any of these things. No, we just, nah, not going to do it. No, Sonic has to remain the coolest boy yeah. possible. Hmm. Antoine goes to Robotnik's lair and and tells him over one of his little iBot yep. things that he, which is basically a camera floating around the city, mm-hmm. that he will meet Robotnik at the edge of town. And if he comes to the edge of town and meets Antoine, then he will hand Robotnik over a power ring. Robotnik doesn't ask why at that point yep. and then does meet him at the edge of town. Robotnik does try to cheat. Antoine has told him, yes. come alone. But Robotnik tries to catch him before he leaves town. And right. successfully gets away, even though he makes as much of a mess of it as he can. He fumbles by- the ring. He drops it in a sewer grate or something, a pile of pipes. He barely gets it out. He punches the... He, like, slaps away the Destiny robot. Like, uh-huh. all, he, he just b- barely escapes. But he does <laughs> manage to execute his plan, which was... That he wants to get Robotnik to walk towards him into a hole. Unbelievable. And Robotnik does. He... Yeah. And in... One of my favorite moments of this television show so far, an an incredibly obvious reveal occurs. Yes. When (laughs) Antoine lures him forward with a ring, Robotnik falls into the hole. Robotnik is like, are you serious? (laughs) (laughs) He says something more dramatic than that, but it comes comes out to, are you serious? Yeah, well, well, what do you think you've done? Yeah. (laughs) What do you obviously not have here? <laughs> and Robotnik's shoes light up with rocket. His mm-hmm. robotic feet. Robotnik's uh, robotic feet. Yes. Robotnik, the man who has developed technology that allows for hover robots. Uh-huh. The man who has developed technology that arouses for laser rifles. Yes, it does arouse for that. <laughs> <laughs> he 
clicks his heels together and activates his rocket boots, of course. There's no place like Hover. <laughs> he clicks his shoes together and mm-hmm. then just takes off. He just flies up. He goes to Antoine and he grabs the ring. Yeah. He's and Antoine's like, like, oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> How could I not have predicted that the robot man would have jet boots? How do you think Antoine was planning to get Robotnik back to the forest? What do you think that stage of the plan was going to look like? He absolutely did not have the next step of the plan. He didn't know. There's no chance. He didn't think it any of the way through. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Maybe he was hoping that Robotnik would get stuck there and he would be able to just go back and get everybody. But like, like Robotnik wouldn't be able to call for help. C- come on, Antoine. Yeah, like get your act together, dude. So Robotnik takes the ring and takes Antoine, yes. captures him, and takes them both back to the base. Right. He plans to roboticize Antoine and mm-hmm. use the power ring to power a new device, which is a sonic radar that detects supersonic speed creatures. Yes. So a very, very cool thing about this is we are revealed an interesting parallel in this episode okay and it has to do with the next thing that robotic does yes so the first thing that robotic does now that he has the power ring and he's figured out a way to stop sonic which is every time we see sonic run after that we see a brutal sequence where sonic actually gets basically laser blasted and yeah. screams he goes, and gets <laughs> flopped toward the camera it is horrifying and it happens three or four times and i've never seen sonic scream that bad it, it really hurts to watch yeah it's weird because you do, you never see him get hit that hard. Ugh. So he really, really does get hit several times, and it forces Sonic to not be able to run at super speeds. Yeah. Immediately after, he rebuilds the crab bot. Mm-hmm. He rebuilds the crab robot, and he says... Excuse me, the bird bot. Yeah, I, I'm so sorry. The yeah, bird-legged I'm so sorry robot. for what you said. <laughs> this time, this time with more crab. Like, they show us <laughs> they show us a shot of the crab robot as it's being lifted out, so obviously folded up like a crab folds yeah. itself up when it's buried. Yeah. And then when it, it when it pulls itself out, we get an even more establishing look how hardcore of a crab this is right, shot. Right, right. In a way that's bizarre. But in this, like, second stage, he has heated the power ring in a skillet, and then, like, golden butter has come out of the <laughs> ring and he just drizzles it all over the bird crab bot <laughs> and it makes the cra- it makes the robot look really delicious so but also delicious. so powerful and it but it, it it's still bird legs i just want to make it very clear. right right is you can butter a bird mm-hmm. there's no doubt about that well that's and that's chicken legs and turkey legs are plump they're plump they're plump and delicious i know these are pointy sharp legs i'm not disputing you like all i'm saying is that according to the canon of the show it's a bird (laughs) please go watch this episode and see this bird so (laughs) so the he says that this crab will destroy the entire great forest in a day yeah and i do believe it because the crab can cut through these very very thick giant trees in under a second this show is uh, the um, origin story of Ferngully. Is exactly like, that. Yes. We didn't there there are a lot of again, keep your eye on the prize people. Mm-hmm. Sonic contains all human culture and this episode features Ferngully mm-hmm. and also kissing. This is when kissing was invented. <laughs> I'm so glad we got kissing in 1993. Thank you for lip kissing Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> this must have been wild to see like to see the the very first time kissing happened, like on TV by yeah. surprise as a child, would yeah on and a like, Saturday morning. We've seen some cheek pecks, okay? Yeah, but like now that like the bird is pecking the whole forest, like they had to up the ante in terms of kiss style, uh-huh. and like <laughs> the bird is taking its big chainsaw claws, yeah. and pecking the forest mm-hmm. down. Yep, exactly. And the and so they they really escalated, it. and people get mad. We've gotten mad about mm-hmm. Sonic the Hedgehog kissing, but what we don't give him credit for is inventing mouth kissing. Uh-huh. And that's something he may have mouth kissed the wrong woman multiple in times. Multiple of his properties. Like definitely kissed the wrong one, but still for for a pioneer, like how are you going to know uh-huh. if you don't try it? That's exactly right. He he didn't know who to kiss. He was the first one to ever he didn't do it. No, I mean we didn't know. There's so many things we never even tried he before the, the good, 1990s. He didn't know the good length to kiss because today he was too long. How long? It was too long. Sometimes you kiss someone who is like too human for you. Uh-huh. And like I mean, you know, she had bird legs. Now she had bird legs. <laughs> <laughs> she had, the the human that the he human from Sonic, Sonic 06. 06 absolutely has bird legs she's a kazooie yes 
Sonic has okay. Now that is something. <laughs> that princess was bird legged. Now this is something to to watch out for. If you haven't listened to our Sonic 06 episodes, you might you might not remember that the princess in that for uh-huh. some reason her in-game model has bright yellow legs and her ability mm. allows you to cross over spaces you wouldn't normally be able to walk over yep which is just like kazooie's ability in kazooie Banjo from Kazooie. Banjo-Kazooie. and so she's a kazooie her legs are the wrong color she's a chicken leg and the the plot continually thickens like a never boiling stew <laughs> like 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 a crab rangoon like, like excuse me a chicken rangoon <laughs> <laughs> so, I was making I was making a point. I remember just now. I'm ready for to receive it. Robotnik says he's going to destroy the entire great forest. Yes. He also has been looking for the power rings forever and wants to use their power. Yes. He immediately puts it into a machine and starts using it. He yes. wants to uncover their secrets. Right. We know the power rings only come from nature. Oh. We also know the emeralds and the power crystals only come from nature yes. and live in harmony with nature. Okay. All of the power Robotnik is attempting to get, he is simultaneously destroying the source of. Yes. He is ruining his own sustainability moment to moment. Because yeah. his first thing upon receiving the power of the forest <laughs> is to use the power of the forest to destroy the forest. The chain of operations here, another one of these things that, do, like, he wants to... At first, he wants to destroy the forest to harness its life energy in order to power the laser, which can track Sonic and shoot him. Yes. Then he gets the ring, is able to power the laser. But then he says, cool, I'll just go ahead and destroy the whole forest anyway, because I still need that life energy. Right. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know what he's doing. And even worse than that, he's doing things that are getting in the way of him being able to do things in the future. Yeah. Which is... Exactly a climate change metaphor. It's exactly a climate change. It is perfect analogy. It is precisely exactly. It is okay. We're going to use fossil fuels, and then we're going to destroy the possibility of any carbon matter being made into fossils in the future, like being made into like. It's, I know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They've made an actually real like something that on the surface looks so unreasonable is actually an almost exact mapping of a climate change metaphor. You're exactly right, but I would like to dig in one layer deeper to what you just said. You just indicated that listen, removing vegetation listen, I'm prevents not talking about vegetation. future... Oil. Well, no, no, no. Okay, you're not saying that, that by ta- cutting you, down yes, all the trees... It's still true. It's still true because well, trees it, feed dinosaurs. That's what I'm saying. Well, trees feed dinosaurs, and then they also, like... The sedimentary rock of foliage crushing the body of a dinosaur down into a black paste yes. is what makes oil. So you're right. Yes. But why aren't we creating more oil by burying dinosaurs right now? Like what? that's what it, like that's Jurassic Park four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Jurassic World. All we're doing what? all we're doing in Jurassic Park from now on is making dinosaurs in order to bury them. Dude, we for can oil. we can make diamonds in the lab right now why can't we put a bunch of trees on some reconstituted dinosaurs and make a bunch of oil and burn the world faster well because that would be also immoral that would also be immoral it would be really immoral because like you in would be creating ways. yeah you would be creating uh creatures in order to to then throw them you know underground well they wouldn't and, be, i mean and we also don't need more oil we just need to use less of it i agree with you all i'm saying is like okay i just want to clarify the point okay my point about robotnik stands and i want to talk it's about a great that more. point it's a great point but it's that's very interesting to me, and they did a great job of showing the whole map of that in this episode. He's thwarting himself at every turn, whether yes. it's in the short term trying to catch and conquer Sonic the Hedgehog or trying to amass power to control literally everything. Yeah. Everything he does undercuts himself. Yes. Sonic has to run without going so fast that Robotnik's new machine that tracks him down will see him. Yeah. So he runs under the radar and he eventually makes it to where Antoine is being captured because apparently he knew exactly where the roboticizer was. Maybe there's only one of them. I bet so. So Sonic makes short work of getting there even when he can't run very fast. Right. He saves Antoine and immediately forgives him. It's actually very cool. It was a a little... It it was striking, right? Yeah. But it was good because he's giving he says some stuff when he goes to like wake antoine up and take over his shift mm-hmm. to watch for the ring he's like uh what's up ant did you get enough of your ugly sleep i'm here to wake you up idiot i've been <laughs> kissing sally for 4 hours straight i bet you hate that nerd nerd and that he really does, like nick, he is bullying nick is joking but he 
straight up for real walks up to the river and before he even checks that Antoine is there has said four or five savage things to Antoine. Yeah, and then he realizes Antoine isn't there and by the time he gets to Antoine, he's like, oh, this is serious. I got to go help my friend. Yeah. Even before that though, Sally's like, you've got to go help Antoine. He'd help you. And Sonic's like, well, and she's like, well, maybe not. <laughs> maybe he wouldn't, but you need to. So yep. he does have to be convinced even to go find Antoine. Because like, that's what a hero is. But by the time he gets there, he's like, come on, Ant. I got you. Hop on my back. No no sass. No, like, what are you doing? Why did you betray us? Nothing. It's just like, mm-hmm. hey, we got to sort this out. And that's key to Sonic's personality. Yeah. Sonic is all about his current immediate goal. That's true. And so it would have muddied that goal for him to have to, like, find Antoine and then decide whether or not he's worth saving. Yeah, exactly. That decision's been made. Don't hold a grudge. And since he had received his order from Sally and he'd received his plan, he just was going to get that done and then he was going to let everybody else talk about it. Yep. And that is obvious. Yeah. Antoine is uh, easily saved. He's just inside one of the glass cases and Sonic does the same thing he does to every robot, which is just like... (laughs) Be, stand in front of them and then suddenly be behind them and they keep going forward and that's that's the sonic way yep so he frees antoine he takes antoine back they run fast enough so that the laser sees them again so that on the way back sonic can just run really fast around the crab robot and get it shot yes exactly this is a weird shot because we see this is all happening in one place where robotnik has brought the laser machine yeah. to where the crab is tearing down the forest yes so he looks at sonic watches Sonic jump on top of his own robot and then pushes the button goes and he even says he even has a line where he's like just a bit closer Sonic and it's like you don't need him to get closer we've seen this laser cross like half the continent yeah it shoots anywhere anytime like it targets with enough efficiency to be able to blast at a distance let alone from right there Robotnik legitimately just waits for him to be on his own robot and then blast it to pieces. Again, yeah. What's he doing? What, what is, is Robotnik, Robotnik thinking about? But a second later, so yeah. I did think there's a possibility that this is justified because it does set up when he destroys his own robot, yeah. Sonic falls into a circle of swap bots. Yes. And Robotnik, not phased, not not distressed about his robot at all, says now's the time or something like that you know? i thought you know i've always looked forward to roboticizing you but now i think give me the laser rifle right he's gets handed a gun <laughs> and not even that i feel like one of the main uses of lasers in kids fiction yeah is that it keeps you from having to say the word gun right exactly like you can call it a blaster yes. you can call it a stunner you can call it a phaser gorgeous you can call it you can call it ebony and ivory <laughs> just don't call it late for dinner and you can call it whatever you want the <laughs> but he specifically says the word rifle yeah he says hand me a laser rifle uh-huh and then and all- it's shaped like a gun and like then- it's t- and they set up Sonic firing squad style, standing yeah. with his back up against a metal wall and a crowd of robots with guns and Robotnik with his one big gun holding uh-huh. it at Antoine and Sonic going, all right, here we go. Finally, I get to shoot you. Yes. And <laughs> oh, my God. Antoine finds the power ring, though, which has been just sort of gently placed inside of a slot of yes. the laser, like not hidden or protected yeah. at all. It's just like glowing. It's little singing voice it's is just like b- beaming uh, out of the robot. So it's in the double like, A battery slot. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have lost and found this. <laughs> and Sonic grabs the ring. He uses the power in the power ring to increase his speed. And yes. I assume when he uses this, it increases his speed, but it also increases his like reflexes like yeah. his cognizant ability a mm-hmm, little bit mm-hmm. because he gets faster but he also gets quicker on his feet yeah he pulls off more like feats of strength it's gotta like yeah pump up his confidence level pump up his reflexes and pump up his literal strength it must feel almost amazing like, almost like he's juicing yeah <laughs> go on <laughs> sonic extreme excuse me x x x x x excuse me this episode was sonic triple extreme because yes he, he did get some kissing on <laughs> So, extremes are made to be broken. (laughs) (laughs) That's something that Robotic says in a second. He says, and 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 dreams are made to be broken. (laughs) 
I don't know if they like. I think they must have known they were being funny. <laughs> yeah. There are a couple moments in this episode where I was like, man, that's exactly the kind of bad joke we make on our podcast. Yeah, we had to really do some soul searching in this time where we went, oh, maybe this is maybe the secret was inside us all along. <laughs> When the when the title of this episode hooked on Sonic was hooked on Sonics, I was like, I literally think we made that joke th- in one of the first two episodes I of this think podcast. We've said it. Yeah. I think we must have. <laughs> I I really remember that being like a potential title of an episode. Well, and as we're finding out, there aren't that many things that rhyme or fit <laughs> phrases with Sonic, but still, you. Keep I don't know it- what you're talking about. I feel like my mm-hmm. well is. I feel like my well is especially my opening jokes. They're still just as good as they were. And I feel like my well. Is going to get a lot of exercise. <laughs> <laughs> Sonic takes Antoine back. Nobody interrogates Antoine for his betrayal of the team. It is generally revealed to everybody that Antoine did it because he wanted to impress Sally. So everybody yeah. gets that vibe. But then Antoine explicitly lies about what happened and starts bragging about how he took down the robots. Everybody does not have it, except for Tails, who believes it. Right. Everyone else leaves. <laughs> Sally and Sonic first, like, hand in hand, like, want to go have another kissing competition? Let's go. Sally gives Sonic a look. <laughs> like, hey, while they're, uh, you know. Well, they're busy. You Sonic's like, go. yeah. And they grab hands and, like, leap off the screen. <laughs> Like in Sound of Music. Like, oh. <laughs> and then slowly everybody else leaves too, including like the really pleasant pig. And the pig looks very happy. He's like, okay, well, this is fine. And then it fades out as Antoine is bragging about his things to Tails. Oh, and I forgot we to mention something earlier yes. that made me love Rotor so much. The reason that Antoine decided on this plan in the first place is Antoine says to Rotor, he says basically like, what does Sonic have that I don't have? Like, why does she like Sonic but not like me? And Rotor, who I think kind of thinks he's joking still, uh-huh. like, I think Rotor does not quite process how serious Antoine is yeah. being because, like us, it's like, come on, dude. Okay, that so, doesn't make any sense. None of what you say really matters, but... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and so Rotor goes like, well... Sonic's kind of a tough act to follow. And so <laughs> Rodar goes, <laughs> I mean, I guess you could like wrap Robotnik up in a bow and like put him in a box and like carry him here and like set him in front of Sally's door <laughs> and then like t- <laughs> like have her open the present. And then when she sees Robotnik in there, she'd be like, oh my God. Yeah, I'd be I- like, I got you a Kia, but actually it's Robotnik. <laughs> uh-huh. And then I guess you could like, I guess you could just like, you know, save the entire day and like bring the world back to the way it was before. And I, I guess you could like... <laughs> <laughs> solve everybody's interpersonal problems, I guess. I, you could that maybe, probably get Sally's attention. Yeah, you could, like, de-roboticize everybody in the country, I guess. You could do those things, and maybe Sally, maybe that would get Sally's attention, and then and then Rotor's like, <laughs> oh, good night. Anyway, good night. <laughs> okay, good hanging out with you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> and immediately leaves, and Antoine takes it seriously, and then later Rotor's like, I guess this might be my fault, but I was definitely for real joking, and this if this dude yeah. took it seriously, that's on him. Yeah. Ew, I'm afraid I know where he might have gone, but that would require a misunderstanding of the tone on his part, like, beyond anything I could possibly have imagined. <laughs> like, I understand that Ro- Rotor turns to Sally and Sonic and is like, I understand that the ro- the responsibility of the satirist is to, like, <laughs> is to confirm that his satire is being read as satire and not as a re-justification of the thing which he is satiring. <laughs> But in this case, I really think I did the work on that one, and he really just needed to think a little bit harder. Anyway, good night. <laughs> I was being about as clear as I could be. Anyway, time for me to go to bed for the eighth time today. <laughs> it's like always nighttime in Knothole, by the way. Uh, it's I don't know true. If we've seen it daylight at Knothole mm, at all. And there might have been one shot, but it's mostly nighttime. There's mostly a campfire, and they're mostly doing episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, it might be because the the like topiary cover is so strong oh there's a thick canopy mm-hmm. that keeps out the sunlight yeah, and that's exactly. why they've been working to unlock the technology of light bulb mm-hmm. they used 40 research points <laughs> to get the light bulb early we require more minerals we require we rec- must construct additional filaments. What a terrible thing, though, because when your main power source for the, the strongest member of your team is based on an, a, a daily... You know, I was thinking actually about it being, oh. being kind of like a D&D skill. It's a D&D daily power. Yeah, where you can, once per day, you can go extra fast and get out of whatever problem you're in. <laughs> yes. I like it. I like knowing the definite limit, though, that he really only gets one of these a day. Mm-hmm. And, and it seems to last m- maybe 30 seconds or something. Like, mm-hmm. it burns out pretty fast. Yeah. Why doesn't... S- 
Why doesn't Sonic get glittery when he touches the ring? He sometimes seems to. Like, it seems like sometimes the light goes all around him for a second, and then he uses it, and sometimes he doesn't. Light goes around him, but his gloves are... Is that why he wears the gloves? Maybe that's why he wears the gloves. To keep the glitter off? Yeah. Because then you get the glitter in your eye, and you're like, ah, I shouldn't have gone out on Saturday night. And it sticks on you for, like, a week. Yeah. Yeah. What's the most glitter you've ever had on your body? When I went to a party for New Year's two years ago, Mm -hmm. I made out with a guy who had a lot of glitter on his face. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That was the most glitterly I ended up because then later that was that's literally the most you've ever been. <laughs> glitterly. <laughs> and then later on that day, I also had I think a different guy who had come with that guy who had all the glitter uh-huh. be like, Do you want some more? And since I was so sweaty, he just blew some glitter from his hand onto my face, and I was so sweaty that it just caked my whole face and body. And it, yes. it stuck on me for a long time. I remember the most glitter I've ever had on my body. You know what? Actually, it might not have been. I'm sorry. Oh, to interrupt go you. ahead. It I'm might fine. not have been New Year's. That might have been the night that the uh, that Doma was overturned. Oh, okay, right. Mm-hmm. That was a good night for glitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the most glitter I've ever had was in a theater class in high school. We had to do scenes. I didn't want to do anything. I was always trying to find a way out of doing work, but then accidentally wind up doing more work than I needed to do in the first place. So two <laughs> of my friends did a whole new world from Aladdin Mm -hmm. and they said will you do like props or whatever I wound up playing the carpet the carpet and the genie and the tiger and all the scenery and so they stood on a table with a carpet on it and I had I had drawn various scenes from the movie on poster boards that I like ran behind them like waving up and down in the air (laughs) at the end of that scene you may recall that there are fireworks Mm -hmm. and I had a giant container of glitter that I grabbed and like jumped up in the air to throw firework glitter up into the air but if you jump with a container of glitter glitter. that has no top on it Mm -hmm. then all the glitter goes out in one major firework the first time i had to sweep the stage every day for two weeks (laughs) and also my body i just i would get someone else to sweep me i laid down on the floor and i was like please just sweep me away just sweep me sweep me into the garbage please (laughs) and that's the most glitter i've ever had that's a good story yeah i feel like that those I feel like that very good, that very accurately summed up our the difference in our personalities. <laughs> <laughs> I can show you yourself. Shining, in, shimmering. Shining, shimmering. Glittered. Oh, I've remembered one more thing. Beep, 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 beep. Rat Watch! 2020. 2020. There is a futuristic... Because I saw it. Yes, we saw it as clear, clear as day. Uh-huh. <laughs> Rat Watch is 2020. <laughs> uh, rat site. <laughs> this rat site's This rat's site was 2020. Do you, guess why? You won't believe. You won't believe what happened when Antoine. This is a this is a wild twist to Rat Watch. We've we've seen some rats fly that were just normal rats. We've seen a lot of human rats. We've seen in this some m- human rats. Like a lot of like I mean bi- biological rats is what I meant. I've seen most everything, but <laughs> I've never seen a robot rat. I want to know, have you ever seen a rat <laughs> made of metal? Because now I have. There was a rat in this episode that I think had six legs. It definitely had at least four legs, but possibly more. It <laughs> might have tried to be a giant cockroach, but it was a robo-rat. It was a robo-rat. It might, even if it didn't have six legs, its four legs were very scary. And they moved too many. Yes. So they looked like more. And this rat, again, just in the garbage. The notion that... Robotnik has perhaps constructed robotic rats, or that somehow rat has he roboticized a rat? No, here's what I think. You want to hear what I think? Yeah, I always do. I think rats have accidentally stumbled into the roboticizer <gasps> because we've seen lots oh. of regular rats, and then as the world becomes more and more technological mm-hmm. and less and less biological, mm-hmm. the rats are going to have to try harder and harder to find stuff to eat. Yes. Right? So that's one of the main reasons we see them being so active. Probably is they have to like really hit the pavement every day to find actual trash because gotta hustle yeah you've got it's just metal you've got to get out there and get on your hustle because in late 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 techno capitalism yeah 
there's no biological material for you to consume. No. Rats will eat almost anything, but yeah, they but have to find the stuff. Not metal. Ever Where, since, like, since, especially since Dr. Robotnik uh, roboticized Donkey Kong mm-hmm. and his family. Yeah. And then, like, took, like, roboticized that whole island and took, and there's no more bananas. There's no more banana peels anywhere. Because Robot and there's a, that's an hilarious episode where Robotnik is in like a Mario Kart type race, but mm-hmm. he gets so mad about the bananas that keep slipping him up that he roboticizes literally everything. <laughs> like he destroys all of Donkey Kong's family just to stop bananas. Mm-hmm. It's no so funny. Bananas. So funny when that happens. The so it makes sense, right? Yeah. That in Sonic Underground, where there are a lot of remaining humans, we see a lot of living rats. In this right. episode, we've seen one living rat. Right. And we've seen this now, this robotic rat. Where would, so where would rats go to find food? They would go where people are still eating. Mm. The only living people we've seen are one in the forest. Yes. So it makes sense we haven't necessarily seen them there. These are city rats. Uh, well, and a rat, like. These are city mouse. If That's right. You got city mouse and country mouse. Mm-hmm. And if there is country mouse, it doesn't need to be visible. It doesn't need to walk the streets at night. Right. It just like pops out of a hole, grabs some leaves and goes back down. Like easy, easy. Yes. You grab the carrot from below and bloop it down through the hole. And then the and then the farmer is like, hey, I should roboticize everything. <laughs> People who are still eating in the city yeah. are going to be snively. That's right. They're going to be potentially robotnik because yeah, he we're does not... seem to have some biological parts mm. remaining. And they're going to be the people in the jail. People that are still yes. in jail. Ah, being and who have held. not yet been roboticized. They are getting fed. Right. So the rats would necessarily be migrating towards that spot uh-huh. right they would necessarily be coming towards the palace slash yeah, roboticizer yeah, yeah. area because that's where people are being kept and fed and where there would actually be trash right food trash oh my god they come there they go they have to get more and more uh, aggressive by of exploring this place yes because while they are looking through it fewer and fewer people are alive roboticization is probably getting faster and faster eventually a few of them have to accidentally stumble into the roboticizer yep. area yep. and end up in the roboticizer and accidentally get roboticized. And they probably, like, someone was supposed to be roboticized. They began the initiation process. Sonic busted them out. But then the roboticizer finishes warming up, like, 30 minutes later because mm-hmm. it seems to take a long time to get cooking. And that's when the rat walks in. The tube slides down. Yes. Jeff Goldblum's in the other tube. Mm-hmm. And then there's a crossover. And that's how Sonic people are made. <laughs> it's like the fly... Jeff Goldblum gets crossed with animals, mm-hmm. and he becomes Sonic the Hedgehog. They're all, they're all Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, that's one of the species. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, in the future. In the future, God willing, there will be a lot more Goldblums than there are right now. <laughs> the number one, if you could clone Goldblum, which Goldblum would I clone? Well, I know you like. I'm just saying, if you could clone Goldblum. Oh, okay. If if one could clone, if I could clone. Who would I clone? I would clone <laughs> Jango, Jango Fett. Jango Fett. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be nice to have a few of him Obviously, around the house. He's great. It's nice to have. A, it's nice to finally have another Django around the house. Yeah, I know. I keep thinking about it, and I'm like, if there's any one person that I think I would like to see hundreds of, it would probably be Django Fett. Actually. Yeah, like fiction has prepared me mm-hmm. to be really down with that many Jangos. Yeah, I would like to see a lot of them. The my <laughs> argument for this episode of Rat Watch is that. This particular rat yeah. shows that the creators of the show are doing a lot more detailed, heavy <sighs> world building than Got we would you. have thought before. Mm-hmm. This episode was all about world building. There was a yes. lot of detail work done on the universe. Uh-huh. It's, it almost feels like they think, okay, we've got them. Yep. Right? Like, they watched the first five. They saw all the beautifully crafted action sequences and amazing, <laughs> hilarious plots that we've laid out for them up to now. And so now we've got them and we can give them the boring stuff, which is how yeah. the world works. We've hypnotized these kids into paying attention for long enough that we can really get into some serious fiction. Yes. So I think mm-hmm. I think that the thing I just said, the like silly theory about why there would be a robotic rat. Yeah, I think actually. I think they might have actually thought about that. Yeah. I think that this team might have legitimately thought about that, which is why we saw a robot rat today and not sooner. To show one rat... And then to show a robot rat, that's a story. Yeah. Like, that's the minimum amount of, like, cartoon panels mm-hmm. to create a narrative. Yeah. And they've done it. I wonder if the robot rat, driven by its previous urges, now it scavenges on, like, nuts and bolts laying around. Oh. Like, it's still the same thing, but it's, like, eating mechanical stuff yeah. now instead. Ew. 
rats. I love them. And there's also something interesting, too, if he did make them on purpose. Yeah. There's a cool touch there of how Robotnik is really focused on replicating and continuing all the worst parts of the world. Yeah. Like, if you consider a rat, as the show seems to, rats as, like, a sign of garbage and yeah. like a sign of waste yeah they always emerge from a pile of something and they always they're always Bleh. animated to be really gross and, yep. and like rats themselves are not inherently bad things but right. in the shows in sonic's parlance all every time we see a rat it's meant to be a sign that this place is bad and that it's gross yeah it or is, that a castle is haunted by flying rats that's true that's or the that, other thing it means <laughs> the I think I think it might be a, a little bit of a comment about how Robotnik, on top of destroying plants and increasing pollution right. and continuing capitalism despite creating an like autocratic yeah. society, is that he even roboticizes rats because they are a signifier of something bad or because they are something that makes people uncomfortable. He wants to yeah. continue to to make everything awful sustainable and last instead of being autocratic for the people. Right, like he is. Just making all the garbage more. I okay. I want to clarify that because we do have a lot of listeners that don't live in Athens, Georgia. Everybody knows REM. <laughs> Everybody. I guess that's true, but that's, I didn't know about that. It came from the restaurant Weaver D's. Yeah, there's a restaurant here in town in Athens, Georgia, Weaver D's, and there's this really really great guy that uh, runs the cash register there mm-hmm. who always yells these like funny catchphrases yeah. and will occasionally just like yell them out of nowhere while you're eating there. <laughs> and every time you order a food, he yells to the kitchen like exactly what you ordered like tilapia yeah uh even though they're like two feet away yeah it's great and every once in a while he'll just yell automatic for the people and yep. it's their like official slogan yeah at this like soul food place very very cool food come very on cool down guy. to athens georgia we got well by the time you hear this pop fest will be over but you could have come to that <laughs> I think that might be it for us today. I think that's it. I don't want to talk anymore. I, my, my voice is so oh, tired. I'm so tired. Uh, 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 my throat. Uh, uh, oh, Caleb, do you want a lozenge? Yes. Would you like a syrup? No. Would you like some tea? I already told you I want a lozenge. Hot pot of tea. Thank you guys so much for listening this week. Thanks to Bulby, Dave Duncan, Goodnight Productions. Love all that music. Love all you guys and that music and everybody. Y'all! Thank you. It's so, so good. Wow. <laughs> Tilapia. <laughs> Thanks to... Thanks to uh, Randy, who wrote this episode of uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Randy. I remember Randy's name. Mm-hmm. And uh, this really was one, of the go- this was one of the good ones so far. I've been trying to do that lately, not just with us, but in general. And this is a, this is a habit that I, I think you should do, too. When you're looking at the credits and you see that someone directed or wrote something at the beginning of a movie, just yeah. give them a little thank you. Just put that out in the space. Thank you, Randy. Thanks, Randy. I say thank you. to If you hear an ambulance passing, say, I hope everybody's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And if you watch a movie in the theater, say... Thank you, Joss Whedon! <laughs> There's not really much but, to but thank also, him for, like, but also don't thank him. Yeah, but like, don't thank Oops. Joss Whedon. <laughs> Oops, sorry, Joss. Mm, I'm sorry. Don't, sorry, don't listen. Don't. If you're listening... If you're listening, don't listen to that part. <laughs> Go back and then skip it. Yeah, and also, don't do your tweets you've done lately. <laughs> yeah. Do fewer of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, until next week, I'm Caleb Zane Hewitt. I'm Nick Splendor. And, and you're... you're- Look at all my many friends. Dude. Ready, set, let's go.